Comedian Craig Gass is here with me at K105. Thank you so much for coming in and then hanging out for a little bit, bud. I'm excited to come in to share my story. It's my first time here in Fort Wayne, and have I got a story for you. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, Summit City Comedy Club through Saturday night. Make sure you get out and see him. There's one thing um, before we start getting into how you got into all this and everything. When I first saw your last name, G-A-S-S, <laughs> I'll tell you the first thing that popped into my mind, and I don't know if you... Empathy? No. <laughs> Do you remember... Kinney Shoe Stores. Did you have Kinney Shoe Stores by you? Great American Shoe Store yes. on the bottom. Yeah. And on the bottom of the sole, it's a G-A-S-S. And yeah. that's the first thing I thought of, like, yeah. what a, this is, this is the, you know, you remember Kinney Shoe Stores. This poor guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's my real last name. And when, my first day of school, teachers would always try to protect me when they would read down the roll call and say, Craig, oof, uh, Goss? And I'd have to go, no. <laughs> It's gas. <laughs> Everybody would laugh at yeah. me. Like, oh, chuckle, man. chuckle, snicker, snicker. Yeah, right? and that wasn't the only reason people laughed at me. And that's that's what I wanted to tell you about is my um, my backstory. I'm a I'm a stand up comedian, right? Who I played a bunch of characters on a on a bunch of TV shows on King of Queens, yes, Sex in the City. But I'm mostly known as a voice guy. I've mm-hmm. always been able to do any voice that I hear, and the reason for that is because of how I grew up. And this is not a joke. This is a true story. Right, yeah. Everyone in my family is deaf. My mom, my dad, and my sister are all completely deaf. So growing up in a deaf family, I couldn't learn how to talk from my family. I learned how to talk by watching TV and copying all the voices I heard on TV. And I never got an accent from the Bronx, which is where I'm from, and everybody in the Bronx Sounds like Tracy Morgan, like everybody in the Bronx talk like this, whether you black or white, male or female. That's crazy. Hey, this is the voice of your next door neighbor. And I'm a Vietnamese girl. That's crazy. Like everybody sounded like that. So the weirder the voice, the easier it is for me to do it. Like Christopher Walken has a real stop and go kind of voice where he'll talk every once in a while. He'll <laughs> That's stop. amazing. And then I'll keep going. Or uh, Adam Sandler. <laughs> uh, or, you know, whatever. And that that's how it started. And then yeah. that led to doing radio. And it led to doing uh, cartoon work. I've been doing Family Guy and American Dad, which has been crazy. My first episode of Family Guy was doing... Um, I called in to do... Uh, the voice of Al Pacino for which is amazing. W- and uh, and my first episode, I got to work with Seth MacFarlane. Who I'm a, story. Oh, you have this I is know, embarrassing. Please tell it. This, this is, is awesome. so embarrassing. <laughs> have you met anyone that? Because in radio, you get to meet so many people. Oh, sure. That yeah. you, some who are you respect and admire, and then some who you might not feel anything about, but you mm-hmm. meet them and you go, "Oh man, I really like that person" because I got to meet them. Um, have you ever lost it? Have you ever gone a little too hard and, and got a little too excited? Yeah, I think you do, I, especially earlier. I think in in your career, you yeah. you meet somebody, kind of get starstruck, and yeah. you go, you try not try to go over the top and say a lot. A hundred percent. Yeah. And and my first time recording with Seth MacFarlane, I just I couldn't believe that this was happening. I couldn't like I didn't even audition for the show. They just found me on the internet and just said, "Hey, you're we think you can do a good impression. Do you want to come in?" And I come in, and it's just me and Seth MacFarlane alone in the room, and I already know. That I'm laughing a little too hard at his jokes. Mm-hmm. Like he'd make a joke, and I go, <laughs> and he'd go, "Relax, relax." And I go, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." We walk in the studio. He goes, "Come on, let, let's knock this out. I'll just take a few minutes." 
the whole recording session lasted like five minutes where Seth kept doing one line as Peter Griffin, where he kept saying, this is crazier than when Al Pacino was a slumlord laundromat tenant. <laughs> and then they cut to me as Al Pacino, surrounded by a bunch of broken down washers and dryers going, you're out of order. <laughs> and you're out of order. And you're all out of order. And we did that three times. And then Seth MacFarlane goes, all right, I think we're good. But I'm nervous because I think we're going to be friends now because we're working together. So yeah. I stood up and I went, all right, so uh, you want to hang out? Or And he goes, what, what do you mean hang out? And I go, you, you want to grab a coffee or something? And he goes, no, I, I got to work. And I said, do you want me to leave? And he goes, yeah, get the hell out of here. Goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He really said, get the hell out of get here. Get the hell out of here. And I grabbed my paperwork and I walked out. And Linda, the casting director, I didn't hear from her for like six. They, they just didn't call me again for like six months. And then Linda started calling and saying, hey, Craig, can you do this voice or can you do this voice? And every time they call, I go, yeah, I, I can do whatever you want, anything you need. Uh, and every time they've booked me to come back and do more voices. Yeah. When I go to the studio, Seth MacFarlane is never around. <laughs> He's like, I'm not being around that guy. Again. Yeah, it's always this guy, Mike Henry, who does the voice of Cleveland and the creepy old t- guy. And then yeah. every time I see Mike, I'll go, hey, Mike, is uh." <laughs> Is Seth around? And every time he goes, don't worry about Seth. We'll get you out of here real quick. Oh, we'll man. We'll get you out of here really so, quick. So now you have this reputation of like, okay, I'm going to, he's coming in, I'm out or what? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, I creeped him out. When you come out to the shows, I'm doing five shows at the at the Summit Comedy Club. And it's um, uh, it's a bunch of impressions, stories about people who I do impressions of. And the awkward exchanges I've had with them over the years. Now, we were talking off the air. You were talking about Brooks and Dunn and how you were on the show Las Vegas with, yes. with James Caan. Yes. And Alec Baldwin was there. Yes. Tell me this story. So uh, Brooks and Dunn are on the episode of Las Vegas that I did. And Alec Baldwin was so nice. Every day, that guy, he would knock on my trailer door and go, can I hear some more of your impressions? I, really? I love I love your impressions. Can I hear some more of your impressions? I go, <laughs> He kept asking me about my Al Pacino. He said, I got to tell you my story. I got to tell you my story. And then he finally tells me the story in front of Brooks and Dunn and in front of James Caan that he almost got in a fist fight with Al Pacino. This story (laughs) is nuts. He, according to Alec Baldwin, he said that he was in a one-man show about Al Pacino's life that was very upsetting because, uh, but the problem was that the play was written by a former best friend of Al Pacino's. Former, and oh, that guy no. revealed a bunch of personal information that apparently Al Pacino didn't want people to know. And Al Pacino is livid, and Baldwin keeps hearing he wants to fight you. Like he he's going to events, and he keeps hearing from people. I just saw Al Pacino. He said the next time he sees you, he's going to punch you in the face. <laughs> so Baldwin says he goes one day. I'm in my apartment building in Los Angeles. The elevator door opens up. Who's in the elevator? It's, oh, Al, no. it's Al Pacino, Beverly D'Angelo, and a real estate broker. They're looking for an apartment in my building. And he said as soon as the elevator door opened up, that Al Pacino just went, oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Beverly D'Angelo, clueless. Who, jumped. of course, is uh, uh, Griswold. Griswold? Uh, from the, Ellen uh, Griswold from Christmas Vacation. All the, the vacation, the vacation movies. Yes. movies. Yes, they dated for a while. Were they married? They had a baby. Oh, that's okay. They yes, had a I baby. Knew there was, they had okay. twins. Okay. They had twins. Beverly D'Angelo jumps off the elevator and goes, Alec, look who it is. Oh, my God. We were just talking about you. You're so political. You should run for office. You could be a president or something. Weren't we just saying that, Al? Weren't we just saying that? 
and said the whole time <laughs> Al Pacino's looking at him going, who, this guy? Yeah. This guy does anything he wants. You just do anything you want, Alec. Beverly D'Angelo not picking up on what's going on. Just starts walking down the hallway with a oh. real estate broker in tow, and Pacino just eyeballs him as he walks by. And apparently, Baldwin said, "How can I talk to you for one second? He goes, "What? You got something you got to say to me? What do you got to say to me, Alec?" And he goes, "Listen, I know you know about the play." And he goes, "Play? You were in a play. Tell me about." Your fruity little play. I'm dying to hear about your little play. And he goes, look, I know you know about the play. I just want to tell you a couple of things. Not the least of which is I've never had more fun in my life than I did playing you. And that's the truth. And he said, Pacino looked at him and said, Alec, how in the world can you have fun being me? Because I'm miserable. I am miserable. And Baldwin said... He leaned in, put his arms around Pacino, and Pacino went, ah, Jesus. And then they hung, they just hugged it out, and it was fine. It was totally fine. All they needed was the hug to say, I'm sorry, here's a hug, and I didn't mean any disrespect. But man, that story had me and Brooks and Dunn on the edge of our seats here in that story. Shoot, I'm just listening to you here. Yeah, that, that is an amazing, amazing story. Man, I have had moments where the people I do impressions of are not happy with me. One of them was I had dinner with Christopher Walken, and he hated me. Really? Because another comedian, Richard Belzer, kept trying to get me to do my Christopher Walken impression for Christopher Walken, and he did not. He was not in the mood. That's got to be awkward when you're you're in front of another celebrity trying to be them. That's nothing I would ever push for. As a comedian, over time, you start to realize there are moments that work, mm-hmm. and there are moments that nothing will work. Like, I've, I've had people come up to me and go, hey, can you do some impressions for my friends? And I'll go, no, this is a funeral. Like, you, you, can't, you just know there's certain moments that you shouldn't be doing impressions. Yeah. And I could tell from the moment that Christopher Walken sat down at this event to have dinner with me and Richard Belzer, mm-hmm. I could see from his body language that he seemed irritated. And Belzer's trying to talk to him. Walken <laughs> won't even look at him. And then at some point, I hear Richard Belzer, who's a comedian who should know better. He goes, all right, listen, Chris, I know a lot of people do an impression of you, but you you got to hear this guy, oh, Craig Gass. And I went, oh, no, 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 Richard. He, he goes, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Hey, Chris, Chris, look at me. Chris, will you look at me? Okay, now look at Craig. And Okay, Craig, do the impression. And Christopher Walken threw his utensils down on the table and said, go ahead. And I went, oh, well, I don't know if this sounds like you or not, but what I try to do is I try to sound as weird as possible, and every once in a while, I say the word cowbell, pow, and Walken just went, wow, and then he went back to his food, and I went, oh my God, Belzer starts making me through run through a bunch of impressions, he goes, you ever heard uh, uh, this impression or that, he has me do Adam Sandler, he has me doing like, I'm, I'm doing every impression, and then, and then at some point he goes, Duke Sam Kinison, and now I'm like, at a dinner table going, hey guys, um, I'm Sam Kinison, I like to scream, <laughs> and walking just cut oh me off, gosh. and said, listen, I get it, you're talented, good for you, and I was like, I'm, I'm you not, you the, the one that Put I'm not in pushing this. Yes. He is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That was embarrassing. But yeah. Yeah. You come out to the comedy shows this weekend at Summit, and you will hear 
a lot of impressions and stories about people who I do impressions of and the awkward moments I've had with them over the years. Every interview I've seen you do, mm-hmm. you've got the Seattle Mariners hat on. Yes, and you or said, Seahawks. You're from New York, so how did you get into the Seattle well, fandom? I'm a huge sports fan, Okay, and uh, the Yankees are my birthright. And as a child, I would go. To, I grew up 10 miles from Yankee Stadium. Oh, wow. I would go to games at Yankee Stadium, and I saw behavior in that stadium that was so disturbing. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, if my team winning – means that all these terrible people are going to be happy, then I, I'm out. I can't, I can't be a part of this. So you, then you went. And, and I became an independent, which, by the way, we need more of that in this country. Mm-hmm. When things are going bad as a group or people are getting mean as a group, you got to pull back and you got to say, hey, yeah. let, let, let's be civil. Let's be civil with each other. And, and I started to call myself an independent baseball fan Lived in Arizona for many years where all I had was spring training. And then sure. when I got to Seattle to start doing stand-up, three of my favorite Yankees were there. Lou Pinella was the head coach. Yeah, Willie Randolph was a base coach. Goose Gossage was a relief pitcher. And I just thought, oh, man, this is going to be my team. And they have done nothing but hurt my feelings <laughs> year after year after year. The Mariners <laughs> have done nothing for me. But but I am loyal. And yes. uh, uh, so I'm waiting. It might be, you know. Hey, you never know. A few I mean, more decades. They've been but, close. I mean, yeah. you've had some teams. You had Griffey and A-Rod. And... I will say this. I've always said my whole life, as a fan of underdogs, I will never go to the World Series unless the Chicago Cubs are in the World Series, to which my friends would always say, well, then you're never going to the World Series. <laughs> Until, yeah, Until 2016, they did. yeah. And I was there at Game 7 uh, in the third row. Wow. And if you Google my name and, and Cubs World Series, you will see the most incredible <laughs> Facebook Live. I, I was in... Third row, I decided to go live on my Facebook, and um, I felt somebody lean on me with all their body weight, and in the middle of this attempt to broadcast this moment, and when I turned around, it was Bill, Bill Murray. Murray. I was going to say. Bill I'm- Murray, and it's it's the most incredible. If you see the footage of Bill Murray celebrating yeah. the Cubs winning the World Series for the first time in 100 plus years, he's hugging and high-fiving a guy with a Mariners hat on. We did not go to the game together. He showed up at the very last minute, and we had that moment together, which was crazy. That's an amazing. Absolutely. You got some great stories. Here, it was man. nuts. It was nuts. Yeah, yeah. The best stories are are on stage this weekend. Which, by the way, uh, I I do tell some dirty jokes, but I'm a good person, and mm. I love my mom. So I just I want everyone <laughs> to know that who's listening, I'm a good person. So please, I love it. Come out to Summit Summit City Comedy Club and and check it out. And we will have tickets to give away on Friday for Dad Joke Friday, oh. which leads me to a dad joke from you as Perfect. somebody. What All you right. got? How about a dad joke from Christopher Walken? Oh, I love it. All, All right. right. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Walken, who might be opening up the shows this weekend at Summit City Comedy Club, doing your dad joke. What route do crazy people take in the forest? The psychopath. Pow. That's a great joke. I don't care who you are. Christopher Walken, ladies and gentlemen, opening the shows this weekend at Summit City Comedy Club. I love it. I love it. And uh, if you get a chance, I, I watched the uh, the bit. I didn't watch King of Queens when it was on, but I saw the bit of you doing the uh, doing the jokes and the, uh, the impersonations there in the lunchroom or whatever oh, yeah. with Kevin James and just uh, you know, doing that and, and Sex in the City. You mentioned that and Family Guy. Are you still yeah. doing Family Guy stuff now? Or every once in a while, the woman Linda who booked me to be on those shows now is over at Netflix, and she's got a big Netflix show that she wants me to be a part of. So I'm hoping to still keep doing stuff for Family Guy and American Dad. Sweet, but uh, apparently there's something big that's about to happen 
happen over at Netflix. And quickly, Kevin James, when I worked on King of Queens, yeah, I'm he's I'm such a fan of his that I was hoping, and you'll notice this pattern. I was hoping we were going to be friends. Oh no, we were I see together. it. I see it coming. So he doesn't want to be anywhere near you now. Or well, what? he hired me to be on King of Queens. <laughs> like it was the idea to have me on was a writer who was a fan of mine, and then he said, "I just need Kevin to sign off." Uh, are you interested in doing sitcoms? And I said, I would love to do a sitcom. And he said, okay, well, let me talk to Kevin. And he played video of me for Kevin. And Kevin said, yeah, that's great. Let's put him up. And I was hoping that we would be, and I was getting nothing from Kevin. <laughs> Leah Remini and I got along famously. She was incredible. But yeah. Kevin was very standoffish. And I was so weirded out about it that when we would be at the end of a rehearsal day and Kevin would say, all right, are we good? All right, then I'm going to get out of here. I would, this is embarrassing to admit, I'd walk out of the soundstage. And I just hang out outside the exit. And when Kevin would come out and go, Kevin, hey, man, thanks again for having me on the show. And he, and he would just walk by me every time and go, yeah, 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 we're going to be great. We're going to be great. And I just was bummed that nothing happened out of Love that. Love and click, yeah. Five years later, Super Bowl Media Center, Kevin is there with uh, a couple people from the movie um, um, Grown Ups. Oh, okay, yeah. And he's walking through with a bunch of security. And when he walks by me, I go, hey, Kevin. And he just did a double take, and he goes, hey, yes? <laughs> hey, come here, come here, get, come here, come here, follow me. He goes, I want to get you to do your Sandler for the Sandman. And he walks me into another oh, no. room, <laughs> and there's Adam Sandler. And he has me do the Sandler impression for Sandler. And then I, and then he goes, oh, you got to hear this guy. He doesn't impress you. And I go, I, go, yeah, I do this. Uh, I don't even know if it sounds good. <laughs> and then I do it, and he goes, oh, that's good, buddy. That's good. And I go, well, there's one more part of your impression your laugh when you go, ha, 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 And he goes, all right, take it easy, take it easy. <laughs> but Kevin James actually made he that moment happen. You. And I will always be grateful to Kevin James for that. So That is yeah. awesome. If you get yeah, a man. chance, Craig Gass, Summit City Comedy Club this weekend. And, uh, man, just, I mean, the, the, the time we spent together has been, we've been talking for half an hour. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody this weekend. My first time here in Fort Wayne, and I'm excited to be here. Podcasts by Federated Media.